Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. My name is Robert Lamb. And I'm Julie Douglas. And uh, tell me, Julie, um, this is kind of a personal question. I hope you don't mind me asking, but have you ever been abducted by aliens and uh, probed in a UFO somewhere? Oh, my goodness. That is personal. Um, no, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I got to be quite honest here. I, can, I would love to make something up, but I have not. That's the weird thing is like, like when someone asks me that question, and not that they ask every day, you know, just on public sure. transportation, but... Um, but but you do have to think about it because you're like I don't know let me let me think because I think we all have I, I, I'm generalizing tremendously here but I, I think a lot of us have little like half waking events in our lives um, you know bits of dream etc that uh, that are kind of suspect you know and things we, you can't explain yeah things you can't com- yeah completely explain and that if you really wanted to you could make a case that they're a part of some phenomenon beyond, you know, our understanding. No, yeah, I think I've mentioned to you before that my grandmother, that, you know, she's got some, some lore in the family about how she and my grandfather saw little green men. But when you start to pick that apart a little bit and ask her more questions, or when I had uh, asked her those questions, she couldn't really answer them. Like, she didn't really want to talk about it. And mm-hmm. then I said, well, what about, you know, Grandpa? What, did, what was his deal? What was his take? And she said, well, he didn't want to talk about it. 
Hmm. Which, you know, you could take that as like just him saying there were no green aliens, but I'm not going to get into this discussion. Right. That's a, I had a similar thing in my family. I, I had a couple of aunts, or my mom had two aunts, and uh, they, they lived in this house together. And one night they apparently saw a triangle-shaped UFO in the backyard. But they, but it was again one of these things where they never talked about it. You would just hear, like, you know, set, you know, secondhand. It's like, oh, well, they saw a UFO once, but they don't like to talk about it. Right. It was the night yeah. that we shall not speak of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and it seems like you see, looking at some of the studies uh, that we um, examined um, researching this podcast, you see, you, uh, you see that a lot with people. There's uh, like a lot of the people who have, um, who at least claim to have experienced an abduction experience, and should note that according to, uh, uh, to some of the numbers we're looking at. Um, more people are, are prone to say, yes, I saw a UFO than yes, I was abducted by extraterrestrials. But, um, but among those that have, um, they, they tend not to want to make a big deal out of it. Most that have of been them, abducted? That have, that claim to have been abducted. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're, they're not necessarily out there, you know, on the news, um, you know, pushing for interviews or publishing their books. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the stats on it, they're actually, they're pretty like, uh, you know, like middle America, if you're looking at the U.S. And the majority of them don't have, um, any sort of mental problems that would indicate that whatever they think they saw was a, a figment of their imagination. So I guess when you look at that and you say, well, why, you know, what's, what's going on here? Why do so many Americans think that they've been ferried from their bed at night? Um, and had all these experiences. Why, why do, why do just regular ordinary Joes have these experiences? Mm-hmm. Now you said, did you just say ferried? Is it, did you, did I hear that right or did I miss you? Yeah, that? I did okay. say ferried. Well, I, that's, that's what I was thinking about Hades. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's, that's key though, because, um, um, today it's aliens. Yes. But, uh, in previous times and in other parts of the world, it, it, it kind of depends on the worldview. You have lots of, un- Unexplainable phenomenon or phenomenon that at least defy explanation uh, from certain viewpoints. And throughout hi- human history, we've attributed them to different things. We've attributed them to, you know, the, the, the you know, the gods interfering in, in, uh, in human lives or, you know, it's angels or it's fairies or it's witches. Uh, you know, the list is. Or, yeah, succubi. Succubi, incubi. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll get into that in a minute, um, particularly uh, with a, a dream thing. But, um, your dream? No, well, no, you, well, your dream. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, that is, one. this is sounding very inceptiony, but, uh, <laughs> but no, more on that later. But, uh, but yeah, like, uh, w- one of the accounts that I really, um, uh, like to, uh, to look at, and, uh, and this is more directly related to UFOs, was, uh, in 1917 in, uh, Fatima, Portugal, a number of people claimed to see these lights in the sky. Like thousands, right? Right, right. It was like a huge, um, a huge event. And a lot of that was, um, attributed, you know, to like mass hysteria on, mm-hmm. on one level. But, but, uh, but the interesting thing is that everybody like, like experienced it as, as this holy event. It was like the, the Virgin Mary, uh, descending into the area. Into that this- right? Like on a, on a, um, cloud of light or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. Descending into this, um, important to mention, highly Catholic area. And, uh, and, and you know, and these people were not, very scientifically literate for the most part. Uh, you know, it's 1917 in like, you know, rural Portugal. So, um, so they ended up experiencing this in the form of a religious event. Now, if that happened today in, uh, you know, Huntsville, Alabama, 
uh, I'm thinking it would be a different experience entirely. Well, and I was actually thinking about, I don't know if you recall this, but a couple years back, there was a woman in Georgia who claimed to see the Virgin Mary in her old refrigerator, <laughs> like the image burned in oh, okay. or something. And I mean, hundreds of people made the pilgrimage and said, yes, indeed, I can see the Virgin Mary in your refrigerator. And not in literally, but on the outside of the refrigerator. And, uh, and it makes me think of like the, just the pattern recognition that your brain can't help but see. Yeah. Because as humans, we're just hardwired to sit there and say, oh, okay, that, that I do see that. I do see the Virgin Mary. Yeah. I mean, it, it comes down to like, if you draw, you know, a line and add two dots, we see a human face. So it's, it's not too much more of a stretch to, to see the human form in anything. Right. And then also, if I'm going to travel a hundred miles, uh, on the chance that I'm going to see the Virgin Mary in a refrigerator, I'm going to see the Virgin Mary in a refrigerator. You yeah, know? right. Right. And yeah. And there's that excitement. There's that group think. Yeah. Yeah. So that or mass hysteria, as you had said, in yeah. the case of uh, Fatima. But let's let's look at some of the stats um, uh, that we in the numbers we have out there uh, regarding alien abduction. OK. Let's do um, it. Tell me about that. What is it? The Is it the Roper? Yeah, there's a Roper poll. Which mm-hmm. basically says that something like four million Americans have had uh, a certain uh, indicator of experience that may be <laughs> an alien abduction. Right, and this is a this is a highly uh, suspect um, study, according to some people. Yeah, actually, um, the study they actually did a couple of different studies. They did one report specifically in which they polled four thousand people mm-hmm. and they asked them five questions. And when people answered those questions, it's something like the predominantly four out of five people answered yes to those questions. Right. Now, the first question is, were you abducted by aliens, right? No. That's the problem with it. There's no like, hey, do you do you believe in aliens? Have you ever been abducted? The questions were along the lines of, have you ever woken up paralyzed with a sense of a strange person or presence or something else in the room? Okay. well, I've had that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I have, too. Yeah, I've had Yeah, I've experienced sleep paralysis, which is what that sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is, is that they took this study and they mailed it something like 100,000 mental health professionals. Mm-hmm. And the foreword was written by a man named John Mack, who uh, was a Harvard psychiatrist. So what happened is you've got this sense of credibility creeping up in this study. And all of a sudden you're talking to psychiatrists about what Sounds like it could be a real phenomenon. Yeah. And, and, well, like we were talking earlier, I can, I can easily imagine if this were to, uh, hit the internet today, you know, all the, uh, the variations of it that would, uh, that would trickle down through all the blogs and, uh, Facebook's right. profiles would be like, it would, be, it would just be stuff like, OMG, Harvard dude says alien abductions happen to everyone. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that, that was one thing that happened that certainly could explain some of the uptick that we've seen mm-hmm. in the last couple of decades of people claiming to have had alien abduction experiences. Um, when in fact it looks to us like it's more of a shared cultural script. I mean, if you think about it, the, the incubus, the succubus, um. And the incubus and succubus, uh, for those of you who uh, yes. aren't clued into the, Dungeons and Dragons as much as we are. Um, this is, uh, and folk tales and stuff. It can, it can be very That's limited. Right. But, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the succubus, correct me if I'm wrong, is the female demon. That's right. And the incubus, uh, or incubi, plural, is the male demon. And these are demons of lust that come to you in the night. Right. So if you're a nun or, uh, let's say a virgin in the medieval ages, mm-hmm. 
and you wake up in the middle of the night and maybe during sleep paralysis, you may imagine yourself to be pinned down by a succubus or an incubus. Right. So these are the sort of cultural mems ideas that have evolved into what I think now is is the the alien uh, succubus, if you will. Right. Incubus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, a number of experts. Uh, the boogeyman. Yeah, the boogeyman. Or there was one, uh, I have to look at my sleep paralysis uh, section in the notes. Yeah, this one came up uh, in, uh, I believe this was in the uh, uh, in the Susan Blackmore article. Uh, she mentioned the old hag of Newfoundland. Yes. It presses on people's uh, uh, chest. And I find that particularly amusing because I lived in Newfoundland for a few years as a child. But oh, was never, did. yeah, but it was never visited by a strange hag that that like stepped on my chest. Or no anything. hill witches either. No. Yeah. But when I lived in Tennessee, I was pretty sure at one, and this was like rural middle of nowhere, Tennessee during the height of my, um, uh, paranoia about alien abductions. Thanks a lot. Unsolved mysteries. Um, I X-Files. was, yeah. And, and well, luckily I was, uh, no, I think later I was watching X-Files too, which did not help at all. But the, um, but the unsolved mysteries especially had me terrified. And, and I do remember waking up kind of like, you know, again, feeling kind of paralyzed and feeling like there was something setting on the edge of my bed. And, uh, you know, so, so clearly, according to the, the Roper study, it was, it was an alien abduction. Uh, clearly. Just waiting to That's, happen. Yeah. Know? And now you need to go to a support yes, group. To, yeah. To, and I need to go to see a therapist to find out what the rest of it is. Right? right. One of those therapists on that list that received one of the copies of that report would be great too. Yeah. Yeah, because I could really substantiate your experience. Now, now, real quick, um, back at the Roper poll one last time. This is again controversial, early '90s. But according to, they, I think they said like two percent of the people polled, yeah, claimed to have been abducted, abducted by aliens. So they extrapolate, extrapolating that, you get to the uh, premise that four million Americans may have been abducted by aliens. Yeah, which is a lot, and 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 got and garnered some international attention, right? I mean, people were. Wondering what's going on in America, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you actually get back to Susan Blackmore, she mm-hmm. was um, actually put on assignment by BBC because BBC said, "What, what's going on? <laughs> why, why are so many people in America claiming to be abducted?" So she actually um, started looking into it, and first she started to look at the brain and how the brain can trick us. And uh, one of the things we've already mentioned is sleep paralysis. Uh, sometimes we become mentally alert and we can't move um, when we've just woken up. And that feels really unsettling. Mm-hmm. And that can actually uh, make our body brain desynchronize. Uh, and then when that happens, we can have hallucinations. Right. So if you think about that, too, look at the logic behind that. You're in bed. Mm-hmm. You're paralyzed. Your brain is fritzing, and all of a sudden you think you see something at the end of the bed. Sounds does this start to sound like the cultural script that we've been hearing about with aliens? I was in my bed, right? I couldn't move, and something was there. Something was there. It Mm -hmm. spirited me off. By the way, this is another time the during sleep paralysis, this desynchronization when you might feel like you're floating or you're having uh, out of body experience. And this also seems to, um, I think, like a lot of. uh, aspects of the abduction experience, it it really key, uh, keys into a, a central fear in in just our animal nature, the fear of something happening to us while we're asleep and vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, we've talked about this before mm-hmm. with um, animals and how they sleep in unihemispheric sleep. So how right. they shut, they can shut off one part of their brain and just kind of keep one eye on the action. 
So we've evolved to the point where we don't necessarily need to worry about predators, right? Right. So you're right. There could be a little bit of a evolutionary hangover there. Yeah. To call back to another podcast. I you know, know, it's something that, you know, our, our bodies are saying, Hey, you may not be eating in your sleep now, but it might happen later. So we're just going to keep that, that uh, level of uh, neural fear alive for a while. That's right. Um, and, uh, and like 20% uh, of people tend to experience sleep paralysis. So it's, uh, it's, it's a fairly common thing. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, actually, Blackmore didn't stop there. She went and visited a neuroscientist named Michael Persinger. Mm -hmm. And he is someone who believes that uh, out-of-body experience and alien abductions are linked to excessive bursts of electrical activity in the temporal lobe. And this is the God Helmet guy, right? Yeah, he created Mm -hmm. the God Helmet. That's what it's called. I think he actually calls it the octopus or something like that. it's actually a helmet with uh, solenoids that deliver pulses of magnetic field that stimulates the temporal lobe and induces the what he thinks are the types of hallucinations that people experience. Yeah, stuff tied to near-death experience, stuff tied to uh, encounters with uh, supernatural, uh, experiences with ghosts. And again, ghosts is yep. another thing, another um, version. Uh, uh, well, ghosts are another way that we sometimes, uh, I think, interpret these strange encounters. Yeah, another yeah. cultural script yes. that we explain try to explain the things that happen in our brain. Right. Uh, but she went and she visited him, and um, what she learned is that people vary in temporal lobe lability. Mm-hmm. So some people have a high lability, and some people have a low lobility. The high lability uh, people have unstable temporal lobes, and they exhibit frequent bursts of energy. So if you're on the low end, then you're not obviously having that much activity with um, with those sort of bursts of energy. But the people with the high lability, the, those people have been thought to be more creative in the sense that they tend to have uh, reported experiences of deja vu to mystical and psychic experiences. So the thought that is the thought that's there is that they're a little bit more predisposed to have some sort of imagination in that area right. that might be tripped off by this um, electromagnetic field. And another really interesting thing that Blackmore found out about Persinger is that he reports that strange experiences tend to peak in the weeks and the months before earthquakes when magnetic changes may occur. Hmm. So his idea is that, that uh, these magnetic changes are influencing the temporal lobe. And uh, and, and if you're suscept- more susceptible to those kind of changes, then... Who knows what you'll see? Right, right. And on top of that, you may have um, you may have post traumatic stress syndrome mm-hmm. and, and some sort of delayed uh, reaction to that. Right. Um, you may have other sorts of traumatic experiences that could arise in that sort of environment. And Blackmore herself actually underwent the experiment, and she indeed felt some sort of presence uh during this time. And in fact she was this was really interesting. She wasn't so much freaked out by the um by the fact that she had just put on this helmet with uh-huh. you know <laughs> but uh and, and had this experience. But the fact that Persinger was actually uh, messing around with solenoids mm-hmm. and her thought was, well okay, you know, so what if I have this hallucination? What about this guy messing around with my magnetic field? I mean how how can we yeah. look at that <laughs> you know, that use? Could someone be an evil genius and and start messing uh, with us purposely in some way. So that was her experience with that, which was pretty cool. This presentation is brought to you by Intel, sponsors of tomorrow. Now, it's interesting. You mentioned that uh, 
that uh, the creative, more creative people are more prone to some of these temporal lobe anomalies. Yeah. And, uh, the, and, and this, this centers on something that I've, I've thought a lot about, like the idea that like creative people are more, more prone to be crazy sometimes or at least and sort of self-destructively crazy. Right. And a lot of that, uh, I feel, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of building my own thing here out of, uh, you know, some, some new age stuff I've, uh, I've gotten here and some research stuff I've gotten here, but, okay. but we're us creative people. Both of us are, but bo- we're both writers. True. And, uh, and I feel like as, as writers, you're, you're more prone to create things that are story shaped. You want to craft things into a story and human memory, as it turns out, is, is, is a lot about crafting a story. And, uh, and this actually falls back on something that, uh, Susan Blackmore mentioned. And that's that we use stored information to reconstruct plausible accounts of past events. Right. That, that our memory is based on taking all this sense data and building a little story and then filing that story away. And, um, and we're human. So a lot of the stories we create, I mean, we're at the center of all these stories because we're, we're selfish little creatures. Right. And, uh, and a lot of these stories are, you know, they're, we can create awesome, amazing stories with these brains of ours, but we often create little pathetic stories and little sad stories and little, you know, poor me stories. And, uh, and so I've wondered at time, if, at times, if, uh, if creative people are simply just, we're faster at it. Like you give us some like mildly depressing stimuli and wham, we can turn that into a story hmm. with us at the center of it, drop of a hat. Whereas someone less creative, it would maybe, it would take a little more effort and a little more, uh, determination. To make a sad story or a you know, like ego inflating story out of said stimuli. Hmm, that's interesting. So it's sort of like left-handed people have a. The theory is that they've got a quicker uptake with um, information processing. Mm-hmm. So we'd have a, a quicker story-making machine up there. Yeah. With our, our little monkeys are cranking them out a lot faster. Yeah. Huh. I've got to think. Well, I think too with writing, there's the compulsion to write. Right. And mm-hmm. if you think about Freud and, um, was the compulsion repulsion theory that you continue to work things through your mind so that you can master them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just because we're inherently, um, freaks. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. But, but back to alien abduction, this ties back into that because we talked about, all right. So let's say I think an alien might have sat on my bed right. when I was a child. All right. And, and, and I, and I'm meeting one of the criteria for possibly having been abducted by an alien. Right. According to the, the Roper report. So I go to a therapist to try and uh, unlock these, uh, these memories that are hidden from me, right? Okay, right. And we already know that memory is not something that's locked down or that's completely true. Right. Again, it's just, you know, all this stimuli turn, turning it into little stories. So as, as it turns out, it is possible to create false memories. Now this, this can't, this does, is not something that can account for all the abduction stories out there. So it's, you know, this is just one, one more item in the, how it works. Is this because you might, as a creative thinker, already have a script in your mind? Or is it also because you're being led by the, by the therapist? I, th- I think both. I think that's, that's one thing we mentioned. Like if you're going to a therapist, you know, to, to unlock these, these secrets, uh, of, of your past, it, for one hand, you could go to a therapist that is going to be more inclined to help you create that that uh, version of events. So it's sort of like the the, the person who who claims to have ESP and starts to sort of hint around and say, "So your cousin starts with a J." That da da da. So they're sort of leading yeah. the, leading the witness. As yeah, well. and under hypnosis, you can you, you can implant ideas and you can you can sort of steer the creation of so called false memories. Okay. So that um, sort of that meant that's another layer there that that 
uh, helps us to explain why people are having these memories or these thoughts. Right. It's like the, the key is that false memories can be created through through hypnosis or even through just I mean, if you've ever dealt with anybody who like is, you know, has a lot of denial going on, you, you, you can see that we can create visions of versions of reality. You know, right. that, that, whatever will actually fit our needs. And they've actually done this in studies before. Right. They've recreate, they've implanted false memories under hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And they've actually had, I remember, I can't remember what the premise was, but um, what they did is they, they worked with the participant and then they had the family later on mm-hmm. corroborate the events. And so the person, so when they brought that up, they said, do you remember that time that da 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 happened? The person would say, why, yes, I do. And would have like this full story of what had happened and it was hard for the people that were conducting the studies after they debriefed them after the study was done they actually said this didn't happen and they said no no it actually did happen (laughs) they had to convince them like no we we implanted this well it's like the old adage if you tell a lie what three times five times then you come to believe that lie and uh, and it also flow, you know anytime you hear a story about an actor like a method actor being a yeah. little crazy because they become they believe their character or uh, you know or I you know I hear stories all the time of like uh, pro wrestlers who be, who confuse their real self with their um, their their fake um, you know on t- persona. TV's persona yeah. you know and and that's because a, a false memory is conducted is like a little story built out of these little pieces, but a real memory is also a little story built out of these little pieces. So the difference between a false memory and a true memory is not that that huge. Okay, so that makes sense. If you look at at, at fantasy and reality, mm-hmm. you, we're pretty good at distinguishing between the two. But when you start to look in the more gray areas of memory mm-hmm. and reality and these things that are happening in your brain while you're asleep. And the fact that you've, you may be more predisposed to creating these sort of stories, then you can really start to see how these things came together, especially when you look at the, the cultural factor right. of us telling these stories over and over again to explain the unexplainable. Right. So the thing that I want to know, though, is why, why are abductees always probed or molested or raped or getting something implanted in their nose? Or, <laughs> I mean, what's, what's up with that? Well, on one level, I think it, you know, I was talking about earlier about how the, the, the fear of being attacked or eaten in your sleep is pretty basic. Um, I also, you know, also I think the, the fear of, uh, sexual attack is pretty basic and the fear of something being taken from or put into your body. Uh, I mean, cause that's, that's basically, we've had to deal with parasites for, for ages. That's, you know, it's part of our evolutionary history. And a lot of these boil down to, oh, you know, I, I had this uh, abduction uh, event and, oh, I have uh, strange scars that I can't explain. Right. That's actually one of the uh, the questions on the, the Roper uh, questionnaire was, do you have any strange scars that you can't quite explain? And, of course, we all have uh, – a lot of us have scars that are that we can't necessarily place. Right. But, uh, but the idea is that some people be- begin to think that something was taken from them. Um, you, you see, um, like some, like women who have uh, occasionally lost pregnancies, you see this, uh, get incorporated into an abduction. Event. So the traumatic experience of right. that is, is explained through it. Right. Yeah. It's not that the, the, the child was taken from them by the, by the alien or, um, or countless people that, that again insist that, um, some sort of uh, tracking device was placed in their body. Right. By, by aliens. Yeah. And Susan Blackmore also points out that when you do have sleep, uh, par- Paralysis. It's quite possible that at that moment you could be experience some sort of sexual arousal, which right. usually happens during the dream state, which is when sleep paralysis happens. So it's not too far fetched to think that you might be having some sort of um, 
sex thing dream and then you say oh okay that aliens are now part of this and yeah because yeah because i a, a number of us have uh, i'm i'm sure had these type of dreams and they tend to there's a sexual aspect and then just a completely loony dream aspect going on so it it becomes this like the incubi or the succubi yeah. some sort of bizarre and maybe terrifying event that at the same time has some sort of sexual charge to it and uh you know and and, and it's left to the brain to assemble a story out of that yeah, the best example I've seen about this came out in the news not too long ago. And uh, there's a, a farmer in China, and he claimed to have uh, been visited by a female humanoid, which he thought was an alien, who was three meters tall, had 12 fingers, and braided leg hair. Whoa. And all she wanted to do was make love to him. <laughs> and uh, they ended up levitating in, in coitus. For about 40 minutes, he claims. Wow. And I thought, wow, that is really specific. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, le- you know, and then levitating again to go back to, um, the hallucinations is, is something that you might feel like an out of body experience. Um, uh, so sex, aliens, um, levitation, um, it's probably not happening unless you're dating David Blaine. Yeah. Well, um, or not. <laughs> Well, uh, also, uh, you know, other sleep things that go on. Uh, we also have false awakenings. Yeah. Which, if you've ever seen a horror movie with a dream sequence in it, you know this. Uh, you know how this works. The yeah. person wakes up, they think they're awake. Oh, it's still in the nightmare, and then you wake up for real. Um, and and so uh, this this is something that uh, that is also really important. You know, when we talk about the mind and its ability to create a reality, uh, a false reality, is that just think of your dreams. Any dream you've ever had that at the time seems real. That's your uh, neural equipment up there creating a false reality for you. Now, that false reality may fade away uh, rather quickly uh, when you enter the waking world, but it's proof positive that that it can play all sorts of tricks on you. Right, and that you have that. That's what's so fascinating to me is you've got this analog of your reality, and if you look at it just a little bit closer, it might be a little bit off. Right, the lighting's not quite right. Mm-hmm. There's something. There's something in the dream that you think, okay, there's I. I'm working through my my usual stuff. I'm getting up. I'm brushing my teeth. Uh, but wait, I'm not I'm not actually awake, which is such a disconcerting moment. Mm-hmm. It really makes you doubt yourself in your mind. I think, which is the really interesting part about this, about right. how we could go so wrong in our minds and and misremember things. Right. Yeah. And and back to the uh, the, uh, the the talk of the uh, the sexual aspects of the the encounters. You you do see an alarming number of. Uh, of probings uh, uh, showing up in these accounts. Yes, <laughs> and and we mentioned the uh, the American study, but there have also been uh, Canadian studies that show a tremendous amount of uh, of alien abduction uh, encounters going on. There's a 2001 University of Ottawa School of Psychology study, and they found that 48 percent of those polled believed in UFOs and 33 percent believed in abductions. And then this is this was really interesting. Two percent. Thought uh, believed that they had been abducted before, which is the same percentage that the Roper report mm-hmm. had. Um, and, uh, this was all, uh, in, this was like 398 people profiled in, uh, the area of Ontario. They're all students all, um, around 28 years of age. So. Wow. May, but then again, maybe aliens are just really into probing, uh, Canadians in, in the, uh, in, that are in their, you know, late twenties. Yep. Pro bono proctologists from space. Yeah. You never know. So, what what are the problems? What's the, what's the basic problem with it with the alien abduction in terms of logistics? Well, 
there, there are some, uh, some pretty obvious ones, uh, being that, you know, why isn't our aliens wasting so much time probing Americans and or Canadians? Right. Like, and now China. And now China. And then, and, and, and why switch to China? Are they like, all right, the, the rectal probing is complete for the North American continent. <laughs> Let's move on to China. Let's see what's going and on over there. Data sampling is great yeah. over here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, th- th- so there's just some common sense things uh, about that. Uh, also, travel through space is uh, is a huge one. This is more of a like an alien visitation uh, on Earth kind of uh, argument in general. It's that's that the universe is just vast, uh, huge distances, and uh, and based on what we know about um, about relativity, traveling these huge distances uh, either requires um, you know it would just require a lot of time and just an, an enormous uh, uh, level of patience. Right. And, uh, and then these, uh, you know, the different, like, UFO enca- encounters that have taken place, people have seen these th- things and recorded them moving in ways that, that no, like, living thing that we understand could possibly survive the G-forces in. Okay, so Terrence McKenna, who, okay. um, was a self-described psychonaut, um, and oh. someone who was, a, he was a shaman, he was all sorts of things, and in fact, I'm not doing him, um, much justice in, in describing him that way. But just for sake of brevity, know that this is someone who was really interested in space and in particular in aliens and other dimensions. And he would probably take issue with that because he seemed to think that uh, DMT, which is a drug, was a bit of a wormhole to mm-hmm. get around all of that. And in, in other words, it would connect you directly to some sort of hyperspace dimension where you could talk to aliens. And he was pretty adamant about this. Yeah, I guess the the big thing here though is that you can't prove any of that with science. And yeah. and when it comes to UFOs and alien abductions, uh we're still waiting on the evidence to to show up for someone to, you know, put it on the table. Here's the UFO. Here's the yeah, hey, I had a probe implanted in me by an alien. Here's the scar. Right. Can you get that out? And it's like, "Oh, I trade. There it is. Let's take it out and scan it." Hasn't happened. Right, right. And so that also comes down to null hypothesis, right? So right. even though Terrence McKenna might have had this experience and feels like if you, if we all took DMT, we could be talking to aliens right now, the the burden of proof is on the individual. Right. Yeah. You can't walk into, uh, you know, uh, walk up to a scientist and be like, all right, aliens are visiting uh, the planet. Prove me wrong, man. You can't do that because it's not on them. It's on it, it. The burden of proof is on the person making the 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 claim that there are aliens visiting, that there right. are aliens uh, probing us and abducting us. Yeah. And it should probably be said to the for people who have said that they've been implanted with something. There have been many people who have said, well, let's get a, a third party in here and let's get some MRI imaging and look at that implant. And nobody so far has succumbed to that. Um, so it's, we don't, we still don't have any sort of souvenir from the aliens, so to speak. So I think what all of this, uh, is pointing to is the fact that it's just, it's enmeshed in our cultural fabric. We can't help it. Yeah. We're encountering strange things we can't understand. And we have to build a story out of those events using the resources at hand and, uh, and using the, the most believable. We live in an age that's heavily influenced by science. And so the explanations, no matter how uh, fantastic, are going to be based in science. Well, and so I'm thinking that if you're still not convinced um, and you love coffee table books, that you should know <laughs> that a new coffee table book came out. It's called The Art of Close Encounters. And it's 150 illustrations made by alleged abductees describing their experiences. Oh, and if you've ever seen one of like one of these illustrations, like in a news broadcast for an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, they're amazing. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm being a little judgmental. If I had to draw my own alien abduction experience, it would look equally stupid because I 
am not an artist. So it's an entire book of this sort of thing, and I, I can't wait to see it. I myself. bet you'd have a really good drawing. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, now you know what to get me for the holidays. Excellent. All right. So if you want to learn more about these topics, uh, we have a number of resources on the website. We have an excellent article by Stephanie Watson uh, titled, How UFOs Work. And this is a, an excellent overview of just the UFO phenomena and uh, some and some info about alien abduction. And then uh, I recently wrote kind of a follow-up to that called What Are UFOs Really? And that deals with some of the issues that we discussed here. Yeah. So t- together, between those two articles, I feel like I have a nice complete package. Uh, also, be sure to check out, if you're not already, uh, check out uh, Stuff They Don't Want You to Know with Matt and Ben. That is a great uh, uh, video podcast uh, from How Stuff Works that deals exclusively with uh, unexplained uh, phenomena and uh, strange encounters. Alien territory. Yeah. And, and as for you guys, if you have any kind of... Uh, Strange encounters in your past, uh, alien uh, encounters. If you've seen UFOs, if you've been abducted, then by all means, please uh, email us. We're we're open minded. We're not going to make fun of you. Um, I think this podcast has has relayed the point that uh, that all of these experiences are are valid. That they may not actually be happening, but the experiences are are real to us. So I'm I'm delighted to hear more about people's uh, uh, experiences with uh, with alien abduction or UFOs. And hey, prove me wrong. I would I would love to to be proved wrong on this. I really would like to believe in them as long as they're not trying to abduct me or probe you. Yeah. And you can uh, you can email us at blowthemind at howstuffworks.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook, where you can also find us as Blow the Mind. Thanks for listening. You can find these articles and many more every day at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. The future of wireless is here, and it's transparent. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees, no surprises, no, really. What are you waiting for? Get with the times and switch to Visible at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.